Good morning and welcome. I'm glad you can join us this morning and I hope this week uh, has been a good week for you. I wanted to give you guys a couple of announcements. We're not going to be having revival services in July because of the coronavirus. We don't know if it's going to be safe to get back together in a small group or a small room, I should say, with a large group. And so we are going to cancel those revival services that were scheduled for July. There's no specific date set yet as to when we are going to start back with our normal Sunday services. Hopefully that's going to be sooner rather than later, but do be prayerful about that as we approach that time that we'll come up with a good solution for what precautions we need to take when that time's come, time comes, and uh, hopefully it's going to be just around the corner. But take a few minutes, go to the Lord now in prayer, get your heart ready, open your heart to these songs we're going to listen to as we start with a few uh, minutes of praise this morning. And whenever the, the worship service is completed, uh, I'll see you back here in just a minute. There's a place near to me where I'm long 
my friends at the old country church. There went mother and that as our son businessmen would meet at the old country church. Precious years of memory. Oh, what joy they bring to me. I long once more to be with my friends at the old country church. I wish that today all the people would play They did at the old country church With mother and dad On the Sundays with them As we met at the old country church Precious years of memory Oh, what joy they bring to me How I long once more to be with my friends at the old country chapter 19. We're just going to read the first few verses, not going to read too far down. Uh, just the first seven verses, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. Now while you're turning there, we need a little background to really understand this passage and this story and what's going on and the significance of it. 
In the previous chapters, we were introduced to some main characters, one being the current king of Israel at this time. His name was Ahab. And the scriptures say a couple of chapters earlier that up to this point, there has been no king that had done the evil that Ahab had done. Now, Israel had a bunch of bad kings, one bad king after another, that continually uh, led the people away from the Lord. Uh, they did not push the people to, to, to worship the Lord, to serve the Lord, to follow the Lord's command, as they should have as the kings of Israel. Instead, they led the people into sin. They themselves were sinful men. And so the kings that Israel had were not good. And Ahab, up to this point at least, was the worst that they had had. Ahab proceeded to marry a, a foreign woman by the name of Jezebel, which was something that uh, Israel was not to do because God said, look, if you marry foreigners who worship false gods, well, they're going to cause you to worship those false gods and turn away from me. <coughs> so Ahab, this evil king of Israel, married this foreign woman by the name of Jezebel. Now, that may be a name that you are familiar with. Usually, uh, it's a name that may be applied to people, uh, women in particular, who are doing uh, evil things or doing bad things. Uh, you may hear people refer to someone as a Jezebel. We even see that same illustration used for us in the book of Revelation. So, uh, she had a reputation, and it was a bad reputation. And Jezebel... Uh, worshiped false gods. Uh, she led Ahab to worship false gods. And later on in the story, a few chapters on past this, we see more evil that Jezebel continues to do. Now, eventually, uh, justice is served and God does uh, take care of Jezebel. Uh, but what we see in the chapters leading up to this story we're reading today is that Jezebel was not a, not a good woman. And Ahab, the king of Israel, was not a good king of Israel. Now, by the time that Elijah had come onto the scene, all the other prophets of God uh, were run out of the land. It says that Elijah was the only prophet of God left to stand for the Lord. And in the chapter before this, we see this standoff, if we can call it that, between Elijah and between the prophets of, of Baal, that is, the false prophets of a false god. And that's who Ahab and the people of Israel had begun to worship. They had begun to worship these false gods. And so Elijah said, look, I'm going to come before you, Ahab, and all of your false prophets, and we're going to see who is the true God. We're going to see who God really is. And so Elijah said, here's what we need to do. We're going to set up two altars. I want you to set up an altar, and I'm going to set up an altar. I want you to make a sacrifice for that altar, and I'm going to make a sacrifice for my altar. And then we're both going to call on our Lord, and whichever God answers is the one true God. Well, the prophets of Baal agreed to this. The false prophet says, sounds good to us. And so they made their altar and they put their animal sacrifice on that altar and they begin to call out to their God. And the scriptures say in uh, 1 Kings 18 that they called out to their God all day, that they danced around that they even began to cut themselves, that blood was dripping from them as they were calling out to their God, and their God never answered because their God was not a real God. He had no ears to hear, no eyes to see. He was non-existent. And they continued to, to cry out to their God all day long, and Elijah even began to kind of poke fun at him and said, oh, maybe he's on a journey, maybe he's asleep, maybe 
he can't hear you. Just keep on talking. Talk a little louder. Elijah was poking fun at him because they were doing all of these things and they were doing them to no one because the God that they worshipped was no God at all. It was a God that did not hear them and a God that never acted for them. Now this is significant because God's people Israel should have remembered all that God had done for them. The one true God, the God of Israel, Yahweh as he is called in the Old Testament. God had done great things for Israel, worked miracles in front of their very eyes. No doubt this generation of Israelites would have heard the stories and would have known of the things that God had done for Israel in the past. A God who was with them, a God who cared for them, a God who took care of them, a God who did listen to them, and a God who came to their aid when they needed it. But they had abandoned that God, Israel had, and they had turned to a false God that we see in 1 Kings 18 was not listening to them, did not hear them, and did not come to their aid because he did not exist. They were trusting in a God that could not save them. So after a day of trying to call out to their God and getting no response, Elijah sets up his altar and he calls on the name of the Lord God, show them who you are. God, let them see you. And all of a sudden, bam, God burns up the, the, the sacrifice, the animal sacrifice. Everything around the whole area, there was water that had been poured on the sacrifice, a trench around the sacrifice that contained water. Everything that was there, God lapped it up with fire. It was gone in an instant as soon as Elijah called out to the Lord. After this event took place, Elijah said, Now, all of these false prophets that are here, they must be put to death. And all 450 of the false prophets that were before Elijah that day, who trusted in a God who could not save them, were put to death. But Elijah, who trusted in the Lord, did save him and did deliver him and did work miraculously when Elijah called out to him. Now that's a, that's a beautiful story. I encourage you to go back and read that in 1 Kings 18. It's great. Uh, I just kind of skimmed over some of the details, but this gives you an idea of what, had, uh, what was taking place uh, leading up to these few verses we're going to look at this morning. So let's pray, and then we'll jump into the text. God, we come to you, and I thank you for your good word, and I pray, God, that you would just bless the reading of your word today. I pray that you would let your Holy Spirit touch us and speak to us. God, maybe there's something that we hear in your word that we need to apply in our life, and I pray that we get strength and encouragement from your word today. I pray that you hide me behind the cross and let me preach and teach in a way that's going to bring glory and honor to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19, verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, May the gods punish me and do so severely, if I don't make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Now Ahab and Jezebel were not happy with what had taken place. The very prophets of the God that they had worshipped had just been destroyed by Elijah, and they were angry because of it. Jezebel speaks out here and says, Look, Elijah, I'm going to make your life 
like theirs. If you're not dead by this time tomorrow, uh, then may the gods punish me. Now, it's odd that she's calling out to these gods to punish her. She should realize at this point that there are no gods other than the Lord of Elijah. What Ahab and what Jezebel and what all of the people of Israel should have done, and maybe some did, when they saw this event is they should have said, Whoa, we are in the wrong. We've been worshiping a false god. But now we see the God of Israel is God. The God of Israel is a God who will listen to us when we call. The God of Israel is a God who will deliver us in our time of need. And all this time we've been worshiping a false god. God, forgive us. God of Elijah, we come to you. We seek you. That's what they should have done. That would have been the right response. Uh, but they didn't turn from their wicked ways at all. Instead, they were more angry because of what had taken place. Now, we need to learn from Ahab and Jezebel here what not to do. Because many times, there may be things that God points out in our life or God shows us through Scripture or things that happen in our life because we're in the wrong and we're doing evil. And then when correction comes or we're punished because of whatever it may be going on in our life, if that's indeed the case. Whatever it may be, there are things in, God, in our life that God may use to get our attention. And instead of taking those things that God may reveal to us through his word that we may hear or we may see, or things that may occur in our life, instead of taking those things as, as, as maybe ways that the Lord is trying to get our attention and humble ourselves before him, instead sometimes we get even angrier. We get even more into sin. We begin to do more evil things. Well, that's what Ahab and Jezebel did, and they did not have a, a good ending uh, as a result of that. Jezebel, uh, in particular, uh, it was not good for her because of the evil that she had committed, and eventually God took care of her. But she could have learned a lesson. She could have seen what God had done, how God had worked, and she could have said, Whoa, God, I repent of my sins, and I turn from my false gods, and I turn to you. But instead, she continued in her evil ways. And we want to make sure that we're not guilty of the same thing. Because there may be times that God may be trying to get our attention. And a proper response would be to say, Okay, God, I see these things in my life that shouldn't be there. I see this evil that I've been doing. And God, I pray that you help me to humble myself before you. And to trust you and listen to you. I wonder if Ahab and Jezebel would have done that. What things would have been like in Israel? Would things have changed? I believe they probably would have. But sadly, they didn't do that. And they suffered the consequences as a result of that. Let's not follow their mistake. Let's not follow their pattern. Let's see when God may be trying to speak to us and work in our life and repent of things that we may be doing and stop turning to other things for our for our security and for our joy and for our peace and comfort and strength, things that can't take care of us in that way. That's what the people, the false prophets were doing. That's what Jezebel and Ahab were doing. They were calling out to gods or other things that they were putting their trust in that could not save them and deliver them and be there for them. They needed to learn that only God can fulfill that and do those things and be strength and security for them. And we need to learn the same lesson today. Let's read a little further. Verse 3. Then Elijah became afraid and immediately ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba, that belonged to Judah, he left his servant there. 
But he went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Now, this seems to be an interesting response to what is going on here. Elijah had done this miraculous work of the Lord. He had trusted the Lord. He was brave enough to come back into the land and stand before Ahab, who was already searching for him, who did not like Elijah. He was a man, obviously, who was brave and courageous and trusted in the Lord, or else he would not have come back into the land and stood before Ahab. Now, Elijah had done that. He had confronted these 450 prophets of Baal. He had stood alongside them and watched them call out to their God who would not answer. And Elijah himself had called out to the God he trusted in who answered immediately. And a miraculous uh, event occurred that day. The power of God was on full display. All of these things happened not long before this. And here Elijah in the midst of all that's taken place, and him seeing the power of God, and God using him and being there with him. Now as Jezebel is attempting to take his life, and Elijah is fleeing and running away, he is to a point where he says, I cannot take it anymore. His situations are overwhelming to him. He feels like there's nothing else he can do. He's tired of, uh, 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 of running. He's, he, he, he just feels like the enemy that's coming against him is too great. And so he flees. He goes by himself into the wilderness and he calls out to the Lord. He sits under a tree and he says, I've had enough, Lord. He said, I'm just, I'm just ready to die. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to be done. I have had enough, Lord. He said, look, I'm no better than my father's. Elijah thought that he was going to, when he did these works for the Lord and trusted in the Lord, that people were going to see these things and hear what Elijah had said and see what the Lord had done. And they were going to turn from their wicked ways and they were going to listen to him. And Israel was going to get back on track. But yet all of this happened. And it appears as though the people were no closer to God than they were when all this started. Elijah it would appear as though he felt like a failure. He was no better than those who had come before him. He had done all he could do. He was standing alone for, for the Lord. All the rest of the prophets of the Lord were gone. And Elijah was standing alone for the Lord. And here was this enemy that was coming at him and who had vowed, I am going to kill you by tomorrow. I am going to do it. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And if I don't, may the gods punish me. I mean, this was a serious thing. Jezebel had it out for Elijah and wanted to see him dead. And Elijah was fearful. He was afraid when he heard what was taking place, that his life was in danger. Now you would think after all that Elijah had been through, all that he had seen, that he would say, look, I know my God is bigger than Jezebel and her false gods that she's calling out to. I'm not going to flee. I'm going to trust in the Lord. But he didn't do that. Even Elijah... Now think about that. Elijah, who was a man of God, a powerful prophet of the Old Testament, even Elijah, when, when, when things were crashing down on him, became afraid and was ready to give up. He runs in the wilderness by himself. He sits under a tree, ready to die, ready to give up, and says, Lord, I have had enough.
Now, I think I like this story because a lot of times I feel like Elijah. And maybe you do too. I know God is good. I know God is powerful. I've experienced God working in my life. I've seen things that God has done throughout my life. I see the power of God. I read God's Word. I know the power of God. I trust God. I've, my faith is in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. I don't trust in uh, any of my abilities because I have no abilities. I have nothing to bring to the table. I'm just a, just a sinner, just a wretched sinner saved by grace. And I trust in the Lord, and I know the Lord, and I know His power. But there are times in my life where, boy, it seems like things are crashing down. Where it seems like, how am I going to get through this? Times where you just feel overwhelmed. Where you just feel tired. Where you just don't care anymore where you just don't have the strength to go on. When you say, I'm tired of this battle. I'm tired of these stresses. I'm tired of my worries. God, I'm just tired of all of these things. There are times in our life that we probably all say that. And that's why this passage speaks to me, because there are times in my life and they come more often than I would like to admit. Now, to some of you may be saying, well, you're the preacher. You're not ever supposed to have bad days. Boy, I wish that were true. I don't know who ever came up with that lie, but I want to tell you that's not the truth. I may be a pastor, but I'm a human. And I can assure you that all the things that you struggle with and all the things that you go through are things that I struggle with and things that I go through. All of these things that we see in Scripture, even what we see here with Elijah, a powerful man of God, even he was overwhelmed by the things that were going on in his life. He didn't know what to do. He was tired. He was afraid. And he was ready to give up. And I think about this story often because, boy, there are days like that, that that I feel that way. And I bet you that there are days that you feel that way. And I want to tell you, when we look at the story of Elijah, we can be reminded that we are not alone. That we are not failures because we feel that way. There are things in this world that are heavy upon us even for those who trust in the Lord. There are days that we may say the same thing, maybe out loud or maybe just in, my, in our minds. Lord, I've had enough. I've had enough. And Elijah was ready to give up. But the Lord wasn't ready for Elijah to give up. The Lord wasn't quite through with Elijah. Let's see what happened next. Verse 5. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him. The angel told him, Get up and eat. 
Then he looked, and there at his head was a loaf of bread baked over hot stones and a jug of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord returned for a second time and touched him. He said, Get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. Now here in the midst of all that Elijah had gone through, he was fleeing from an enemy who was attempting to kill him. He had fled to a wilderness. He was alone. He was afraid. He was crying out to the Lord because he could not go any further. And so he just laid down under that tree and he began to sleep. But an angel of the Lord came to him in the midst of his rest and provided food for him. There was bread to eat and there was water to drink. And Elijah and all that was going on around him, he began to eat that food and he laid down again. And the angel returned to him a second time and said, in verse 7, Get up and eat, or the journey will be too much for you. Now, the same is true for you and I. There are times in our life that we want to just give up. That's what Elijah wanted to do. That's sometimes what I want to do. And that may sometimes be what you want to do. And the Lord heard that prayer of Elijah. And the Lord provided for Elijah that day. And the angel said, look, You've got to get your strength because you've got to be strong enough for the journey that's ahead of you. Now, there may be days that we want to give up and we want to stop. But we have to continue on to live life and to serve the Lord in whatever way that he may want us to serve him. But what Elijah needed in the midst of all of these things that he was going through was he needed rest. He needed to be provided for. He needed to stop for a while. And the angel didn't come to him and say, get up, get on your way, you're done, you, you, you gotta get up. No, the angel let him sleep. The angel let him rest. The angel provided for him there. Took him a little rest. Ate him a little food. Rested again a little bit. The angel came to him again and said, Look, you got to get up. Got to eat a little food. You got to get your strength for the journey that's ahead of you. Now, I don't know what things you go through in your life. We all have things in our life that, that weigh on us. And we get tired. We get physically tired. We get emotionally tired. We just get, we get tired of all the things that we are up against, of the bad news we hear in our life, of the, the things we go through at our jobs, at, at our church, with our family, whatever it may be, there are all these things in our life that are, that are constantly, uh, that we deal with, that are heavy on us. But in Isaiah 40, it tells us that God gives strength to the weary and he strengthens 
the powerless. And that's where Elijah was in this story. He was weary and he was powerless. But the Lord did not abandon him. And the same is true for you and I. We may, like Elijah, know the Lord and know the greatness of the Lord. But there may be times that things in our life overwhelm us and we are afraid and we are tired and we say, Lord, I have had enough. Those times come. But God will be with us in those times. Maybe we need to follow the example of Elijah here. Perhaps you just need to rest. That's what Elijah did. He just rested. He laid there and he rested. He ate a meal and he rested. The Lord still needed Elijah. He still loved Elijah. He still was going to use Elijah. But in this moment in time, after all that had taken place before he was going to go on his way and continue what he was doing, he needed a time of rest. And I think the same is true for you and I. There are times that we need just to rest. Now I'm talking about really rest. We don't really do much of that nowadays. Now we take vacations. We take a week off of work and we go to Disney World or wherever. And while that is fun, and while it is much more fun than work, it's not really rest. There are lots of times that we are not working, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are resting. Now, we do need to take time off from our work. But I think more importantly, we need to take time to rest. To rest in the Lord. Time that we say, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to read on my phone or watch YouTube videos or watch my favorite show. Those are all good things and those are restful things in some sense. But sometimes I think we really just need to rest in the Lord. We need to turn off everything outside in the outside world. We need to say, God, I'm just going to rest. I'm going to rest physically in you. I'm going to lay down, God. I'm going to rest, I'm going to rest mentally in you, dear Lord. And we'll have to pray to the Lord. God, help our mind to turn off because, boy, our minds keep going. We turn off the TV. We turn off the radio. We put down our phones. And all of a sudden, once we're, once we're laying in the silence, our brains begin to work. And often, the only way that we get our brains to stop working is by turning on the noise. Now, I think many of us are probably guilty of that. I think that's one of the greatest ways the enemy keeps us from hearing from the Lord. As there are so many other things in our life that are making noise, we can't hear the Lord. But maybe we need to try to take a little more time to rest in the Lord, to turn off the world, to lay down, to seek the Lord, to sit down, to relax, 
and the peace of the Lord. Get up, eat a little snack like Elijah did, and rest a little more. I believe we need that more than maybe we realize in our world. In our world that we are never unplugged, in our world where we never stop going, in a world where even in our times off we aren't resting, I believe that as Christians we would benefit from taking some time and sitting in or laying in the silence of the Lord and saying, God, let me just be in your presence. Let me just rest in you right now, dear Lord. That's what Elijah did in his dark times. And God was there for him. And God provided for him. And God built him up. And God strengthened him. And God sent him on his journey. Now we all have journeys that we are on. We have lives that we have to lead. We have things that we have to do. And those things are not always easy. As a matter of fact, very seldom are they easy. And they're usually hard things. And even the strongest person eventually gets tired, whether it's physically or whether it's mentally, emotionally, ever how it may be, we all eventually get tired. And if we're honest, we probably all get to this point that Elijah has gotten to, where we just want to give up, where we are weary and we are tired. But we need to be reminded of Isaiah 40. That God gives strength to the weary and he strengthens the powerless. If you feel like Elijah do, does today, well, I want to tell you, God will strengthen you if you come to him and if you seek, seek him. He may not take you off the path you're going. There are certain paths that we go down in our life, the journeys that we are on, the things that we do. And sometimes God may change our path. He may put us on a different journey. But other times we just need to pull over into the rest area. You know, when you're on a long trip and you're going and you're driving and you're driving, sometimes you just get tired of sitting there. And every few miles you'll see those rest areas. And sometimes you just have to pull in, you have to stop. You have to stretch your legs. You have to eat you a snack. Because your journey's not done. Your journey was not to the rest area. Your journey's past the rest area. But sometimes you have to stop and rest so that you can get to your destination and feel good when you get there. That's how God works in our life, too. Yeah, we're all on these journeys in our life. And there are times that we just need to pull over and we need to say, God, I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to trust in you. There may be days that we just say, God, I've had enough. God, I need you to take care of me. God, I need to feel your peace and your presence. I need a little rest, dear Lord. And when we do that, God is faithful to be with us. I hope you're trusting in the Lord today. 
because you're not going to find any rest in anything other than Jesus Christ. If you're not trusting in Jesus Christ, there is no rest. Hebrews says that Jesus is our rest, that we rest in him. Maybe you look at your life and you say, well, I'm more like Ahab and Jezebel than I am like Elijah. Well, praise the Lord that you realize that. And I hope that you realize something that they didn't. They saw God at work. They saw what Elijah was doing. They saw the power of God firsthand. They knew that he was real. They, they knew he was there. And they should have followed him. But they didn't. And I hope you don't make that mistake today. I want you to know that God is real. He is there. He is powerful. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross so that you could be forgiven and you could find rest in him. And Ahab and Jezebel missed the truth. And they continued to worship false prophets and false gods. I hope we don't make that mistake today. I hope that we are more like Elijah that we trust like he did. And even though some days we may feel down, we still know that God is in control. And if you're in one of those days right now, if you're in one of those times where you say, Lord, I have had enough, then seek the Lord. And seek some rest. You may just need some rest. You may just need a day off, half a day off, a couple of hours off to relax, to unplug from the world, and to rest in the Lord. Let's pray. God, I come to you and I thank you for these good words and I pray that they would just help us in our life, God, because there are days that we do not want to go any further. I get it, dear Lord, and I know that probably everybody watching this gets it, God. And I pray that on those days that you help us, God. Help us to seek you. And I pray that you would just rejuvenate us, that you'd provide for us, that we could rest in you, that we would get the, get the rejuvenation we need for our journey and can continue on our way. And if there are some that are tired today, God, I pray that you just give them rest, physical rest, that they would just stop, God, mental rest, that they would tune out some of the worries and things of the world, that you just begin to work in their life and help them, dear Lord. I just lift them up to you. God, if there are some that don't know you today, they need rest. They know they need rest. They won't rest, God. Maybe they're looking for it in other places. But I pray today that they realize it can only be found in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that we can hold on to the truth of your word today. That you'll strengthen the weary and you'll bring strength to the powerless. Because, God, we need to hear those words. Strengthen us. Build us up use us to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Liberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.